This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bet Rivers World Cup previews. We are in Group G today, and that means that we're going to be focusing on the tournament favourites as well, Brazil. All the best bets coming your way, uh, courtesy of our two guests today. Daniele Fisichella is alongside me here in the studio. Daniele, uh, thanks uh, for joining us. Brazil, the favourites, of course. The draw could be tricky, but they are the shortest price of all the group teams? They are because they qualified really well from the South American qualifiers. They got, of course, Neymar is the big star of the World Cup and they got a group that under Tite has been together for four years and I think they benefited from being from the same manager for such a lengthy period of time. Of course, they are second to Argentina at the moment because they lost the South American final, the Copa America final. But yeah, they are, they are everyone's favorite. Has there ever been a World Cup when Brazil were not the favorites, really? So, you know, we need to try and think about it. I can't remember, I mean, in terms of the World Cup with this format, with 32 teams so from France 98 onwards, I can think they were almost Favourite or second favourite all the time anyway. I think that is almost certainly true and it's incredible that they haven't won it uh, since 2002. Also previewing this particular section is uh, Rory Barlow, football editor of uh, Football Espana. Um, uh, Rory, Brazil are short price favourites here. Is it a straight fight for second place between Serbia and Switzerland or will Cameroon surprise? I tend to think it might be a, a straight fight between the European teams. I think Cameroon... As, as good as they are kind of up front, I quite like some of their attacking options. They're not a side that's got stability. I mean, Rigobert Song came in in March, so he's not had a lot of time to work with these players. They rested some of their sort of better players for the most recent international break to, to make sure that they were as fit as possible. Third place at the AFCON, they went sort of out on pens and, and they beat Egypt on pens as well. So it's not a side that's been sort of disposing of their opposition in, in recent times and uh, even before that in those international uh, friendlies just before the um, sort of final stage of the season I know they were resting players but they lost to Uzbekistan and South Korea which is is not a great sign of, of where they are in general and just four clean sheets since 2021 as well I, I just don't think they have the attacking talent to to get past Serbia and Switzerland in terms of um, sort of overpowering them and still keep sort of clean sheets and keep it tight at the back. Well, the market looks like this uh, for Group G. Brazil are the favourites, as we mentioned, uh, minus 305. Serbia 
are plus 600. Switzerland are the same price as well at plus 600. Cameroon to win the group, plus 2,000. Uh, prices just to qualify in price order, um, minus uh, 1250 for Brazil, uh, plus 100 both Serbia and Switzerland, plus 350 for Cameroon. We'll get your thoughts on um, all of the four nations here. We'll get some selections as we go along as well. I mean, Brazil are the short price favourites, Daniele here. They didn't win Copper America, as you mentioned before. They were beaten by Argentina in the final, but they still topped the Commonwealth standings. They were still the best team in South America in qualifying. And when you look at their squad in terms of attacking talent, they have got the best players, surely, in terms of strength of depth. In terms of quality and in terms of numbers. Pizze has chosen to bring nine forwards. Some of them are wingers, like Vinicius and Rafinha, but nine attacking players, including Pedro, top scorer of Copa Libertadores. The spell of Fiorentina was mostly on the bench. In the second, second youth, we could say. The likes of Neymar, the likes of Richarlison. And, you know, they left at home Firmino. That tells you how deep is that lineup up front. Of course they're going to score goals. Of course they're going to be entertaining. And this is going to be a big caveat. Probably you want to take into account for the final winner, not for the winner of the groups, of course. I think they're going to top the groups easily. The best Brazil that we've seen in recent World Cups, the winning Brazils, have been always the Brazil that play with two holding midfielders. 2002, Gilberto Silva, Cleberson. Cleberson didn't go and have a great career afterwards, but he was the stabilizer, the person that gives him equilibrium. And Gilberto Silva was a great player as well. 1994, Dunga, Mazinho, Mauro Silva, you know, European type of players. If you look at the midfield of Brazil now, they're probably going to play only with one holding, which is going to be Casemiro, side by Fred. None of them are having a great season at the moment. And then the, the links between attack and, attack and midfield is going to be Paqueta. Not a great season at West Ham. So far, of course, they got options. They got Bruno Guimaraes coming from the bench, but I think this is going to be the starting lineups. And then it's all down to the three attackers, whether it's Rafinha, whether it's Vinicius, etc. I do think Brazil's best bet to win this World Cup is in conceding very few goals. Because if you look at the strength, Allison, one of the best goalkeepers in the world, Marquinhos, Militao, Bremer, Thiago Silva, I wonder whether they will be best suited to play three at the back. I think if you play three at the back in Brazil, they probably expel you to Uruguay. <laughs> They're not going to let you live there. It's 4-3-3, rain or shine. Fullbacks, I don't know what Rory thinks about it. I look at the fullbacks, the two Juventus players, Alexandro and Danilo, are not the greatest. 2002, Cafu and Roberto Carlos, a little bit different. Is there a problem, Rory, when it comes to Brazil's defence? We know about their attacking talent. If there is a way to get at them, is it because of their fullbacks? Is it because they've got the likes of Thiago Silva, who's the wrong side of 35, let alone 30? Is that potentially a weakness for Brazil? Definitely. I think if I was the opposition manager, I'd be looking at Danilo and Alexandro and, and rubbing my hands together. I think the other left-back option is Alex Tejas, who has he can put a ball in he's got a very good cross on him but if you ask him to actually defend then he struggles and i think if if brazil do i think it'll be rare in the group stage and, and obviously group g is what we're kind of focusing on here but if other teams can take the ball off brazil for a bit sort of exploit them move them around a bit i think there's space in behind those fullbacks to be exploited and i think yeah this is something that's more of an issue if you're looking at sort of the winners markets and how far they'll go 
And I think Brazil, in particular, so far we've seen since about sort of 2010 at least, I think we've seen them kind of crumble under pressure at World Cups. I, I don't think that they've been particularly good in World Cups since. So, so yeah, I think that will be a factor in the knockout stages. But as far as it goes for the group, yeah, as I say, I think Switzerland are the only side that I see giving them a game because as much as Cameroon and Serbia, I think will be more defensive against Brazil. They'll be, they'll know their limitations to a certain extent. Those are two teams that have kind of based themselves off their attacking strength rather than defensive. So I think, yeah, Brazil can be relatively happy with the group that they've received here. We we but we both we all think that they're going to qualify and they're probably going to top the group. Is that fair? We're saying they're going to oh, win totally. the group. Yeah, yeah, they're going to win the group and qualify. Either seven or nine points by the group. Yeah, Rory, definite, definite to win the group. Not much of a price, just to get this one in the book, Rory. Yeah, it was minus 305, I think, was the price when I was checking it. And uh, yeah, if you if you check out the prop show, then I've gone for them to take nine points. Um, but but yeah, I think they're going to win the group here. Yeah, um, minus 12.50 just to qualify, incidentally. And just one or two stats from qualifying. Over and unders, only five overs, only three, both teams to score. So when they score, they generally keep clean sheets, 10 in qualifying, incidentally. Uh, let's move on to talk about um, Serbia, who are FIFA ranked 21, Brazil uh, FIFA ranked 1, incidentally. Well, let's get Rory's thoughts on Serbia first here. I mean, they topped a group ahead of Portugal in qualifying. I look at the, 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 the attacking talent with obviously Mitrovic and Vlajevic and Tadic in behind who keeps rolling back the years at Fiax. Then the further back I go, the further I don't know too much, too much about the players, uh, Rory. What sort of chance do you think Serbia have to qualify? They're plus 100 to qualify for the knockout stages, plus 600 to win the group. I'll be honest, I have them finishing third. I was shocked to find that they had beaten Portugal to top spot in their group because I had watched them in a European playoff against Scotland and they were altogether dreadful in that match. So I, I was pretty surprised by that. They but they qualify for the European Championships, which is amazing. Yeah, particularly when you have the chance at home to beat Scotland to go through and you can't manage it, which, which really says something. But since then, they've changed coach and they've gone to a back three and they've got Filip Kostic on the on the wing and that they've kind of managed to, yeah, harness that attacking talent that you were talking about. Dusan Tadic is more or less the star of this team with Aleksandr Mitrovic up front. Luka Jovic is not even sort of starting. He's on the bench. So they do have a lot of firepower. I wonder, when I sort of analyse tournaments, particularly World Cups, I mean... Yeah, that kind of cagey style tends to come in. Teams play with a little bit of fear rather than kind of going for it. Serbia have just one clean sheet in eight games. And so as good as they were in kind of in, in qualifying, sorry, they got two clean sheets in the Nations League. But but yeah, I think in terms of of sort of if they get asked to play a cagey game, I don't think they're as solid as their competitors. Nemanja Gudeli, who's who's a player that I've seen a lot of play for Sevilla and play at the back. He, he's a decent enough player, but if you ask him to be your centre-half, he is exploitable. And I think, yeah, their, their big strength, as I say, Mitrovic, Tadic, Kostic, Sergei Milinkovic, Savic, they do have a lot of firepower. But if, you, if you're if you Switzerland or, or even Cameroon and you think, yeah, OK, we can shut this team down, if we, if we manage to keep a clean sheet, then I think they're, they're there to be had. And so as, as impressive as they were in the Nations League, I think Portugal as well, they're... They're an up and down side under Fernando Santos, and I think they they perhaps don't perform to the level that their players have all the time, especially 
in sort of group stages and qualifying matches. So, so yeah, I've taken them with a bit of a pinch of salt, to be perfectly honest. I don't know what Daniele thinks. Well, Daniele, you like Serbia. I don't. fancy them because that's one of my picks to qualify. So I think it's around plus 100 to finish in the top two. And uh, Rory mentioned absolutely the star players. I mean, I want to highlight Milinkovic Savic. You know, Dan, we do the, shit, the Serie A show every week. And you know how, how well I like him. I think he's one of the best midfielders in Europe. Sometimes he reminds me of De Bruyne for the way he plays for the you know box to box midfield. And under uh, Dragon Stojkovic, under Pixi, the, the middle uh, Pixi Stojkovic, they became more of a proactive team. They attack more, they like to dominate the possession. And I think the switch to the three at the back has made. Taking the best out of some of the players, you know, they are particularly suited to play with wing backs. And of course, as Rory mentioned, Kostic is one of them. I think this group could go down to the goal different because if both Serbia and Switzerland get beaten by Brazil and then they got the last game, they go to play each other. Remember, four years ago, Switzerland won marginal in the last minute, the goal from Shakiri to send out to send home the Serbians. Serbia could score more goals than Switzerland against Cameroon. We're going to talk about Switzerland in a moment. I don't think Switzerland got goal scorers, whereas Serbia has. So if even it could be going through with four points, they got a lot of uh, firepower there. Where is the issue with Serbia? The defense, as Rory pointed out. The defenders, apart from Milenkovic, who plays for Fiorentina, the other ones are not really top-class defenders. And the goalkeeper, the, ad, the other Milenkovic. The Savic. other Milenkovic Savic. He's <laughs> very good with his feet. I once saw him striking the bar from a free kick, so obviously he's got something in common with his, with his brother. Goalkeeping side, I watched Torino week in and week out. Sometimes it leaves me a little bit questioning. I'm sure Serbia had better goalkeeper through the years, but they got Milinkovic, Savic. Now, look, Serbia, always the dark horses, every tournament since 1990s in the quarterfinals against Argentina, they lost the penalties, always dark horses. If they go, I see them a little bit more level-headed and less crazy, you know, with Eastern European, we say the Balkans are a little bit, uh, you know, rush of blood to the heads. If they manage to keep the cool, as they did against Portugal in the great game, they won 2-1. I think they can top six. Be interesting. And the final um, group game is, of course, against Switzerland, as Daniela was pointing out. Uh, so we've got a difference of opinion when it comes to Serbia. That means we have got a difference of opinion when it comes to Switzerland as well. Same prices, incident. If you fancy them to win the group, plus 600. If you fancy them to qualify, plus 100. Um, so given the fact that uh, Rory thinks that Serbia will finish third, I presume, Rory, you like Switzerland to qualify. I do indeed. And I think this is not, again, as Daniele said, it's not a vintage Swiss side, but if there's one thing that they do have, there is nobody colder than the Swiss. They are so resilient and they are so good at sort of taking on pressure. I think I was highly impressed with the way that they handled France in the Euros last summer. We've got a new manager in Murat Yakin, and I think they had a little bit of a a sort of a time of or period of adaptation under him. They changed from three at the back to two. Um, and they lost their first three games in the Nations League, but they won their last three against Portugal, Czech Republic and Spain. They looked pretty defensively solid against them all. They're a little bit shoddy up, up front. They've got Mbolo and they rely on him quite a lot. But the combination of kind of um, Okafor, who I think is coming into really good form, Granit Xhaka has uh, been marvellous for, for Arsenal of late and Dennis Sakaria, Akanji. I think they've got a lot of big players who... Who will make it tough for that Serbian attack? And if um, if yeah, if there's one thing that 
sort of just gives me a feeling that the Swiss will qualify ahead of Serbia. It is that tournament resilience. We've seen it over successive tournaments now that the Swiss can come through tricky and tight situations. They can get to extra time. They were unlucky almost to go out against Spain in the quarterfinals of the Euros. So I think that is the main reason that I'm backing this Swiss side, even though I think Serbia perhaps even have more talent. It's just that tournament experience and the fact that I know the Swiss play sort of good tournament football. I know that they are well-versed in counter-attacking teams. I think when, when it comes to World Cups, the teams that are lethal on the counter and the teams that can keep clean sheets are the ones that tend to go through. And that's why I'm back in Switzerland to go through ahead of Serbia at plus 100, as you say. Six clean sheets in qualifying for Switzerland, incidentally. They're going to be hard to beat, Daniele, but you're back in to finish bottom of the group. Two of those clean sheets, of course, against Italy with two penalties <laughs> missed by Jorginho. That's the reason uh, why I'm here only as a marginal guest, not as the, as the centre stage of this show, but Italy is out of it. Uh, look, I back them to finish bottom because I think in this World Cup there could be some upset. Okay, We need to try to look for the value. We need to try to look for things that are out of the ordinary. And I think if we look at a group where there is a clear winner, Brazil is going to take up nine points. Any little slip up as Switzerland can finish out of the three and perhaps even bottom. Again, as I said, on that goal difference, uh, marginal um, criteria, if you like. Lack of goal scorers concerns me. I think in tournaments you need to have people who stick the, the ball in the back of the net. Seferovic was in okay form four years ago. He kind of came off the rubber. Uh, Embolo, yes, good player, but very counter-attacking minded. They still got Shakiri on the side, plays in, in the US. I've seen him playing good spells in the Nations League, but I'm not totally convinced. Look, this is an ambitious one, okay? Plus 300, Switzerland to finish bottom again, to try to squeeze for value. My suggestion will be, Maybe bet half a unit on this one because the return is so high. After all, you can you can risk it half a unit. Okay, Switzerland to finish bottom is going to be one of the picks. We'll recap the selections for you shortly. Just one country to talk about as well. We don't think that they're going to qualify. We, we spoke with Rory briefly about Cameron. Let's just bring Daniele in uh, first and foremost. They have, of course, got Eric Supermoting in their ranks. He's probably the best player in the world at the moment, <laughs> isn't he? He's scoring eight or nine consecutive games. I mean, look, Cameroon... Did qualify um, via the playoffs to beat Al Algeria um, in their third round in African qualifying. They did top Group D ahead of Ivory Coast as well in their pre-qualifying group. But they are the outsiders here at plus 2,000 and we're not giving them that many chances. Rank 43 in the FIFA rank. Well, I tell you who give them a lot of chances is the president of the Cameroonian FA, Samuel Leto, <laughs> who said Cameroon are going to win the World Cup. No pressure there. Then. No, but in the final win Morocco, he said. So, even, so no pressure there for the boys. You know, go there and enjoy. I think they're a good side. The fact that they beat an Ivory Coast and Algeria, that their two sides on paper better than them. Algeria, the former African champions, give them a little bit of hope. In the African Cup of Nations that they hosted, they were a scoring teams, the likes of Toko Ekambi, Abubakar. They give you good options, especially running in uh, behind the defences. Zambuangisa played for Napoli, having a very good season. Yeah, massive season. And Onana now starting playing for Inter as well. So I think the personnel is there, uh, maybe to cause the upset, maybe to get a, a draw against uh, Switzerland. And then if Switzerland loses against Serbia, they might not finish both of the group. I don't think, uh, no, 
despite what I told says they're going to qualify. I don't think they're going to win the World Cup either this year. Uh, but I think they are an interest side. They are not the best African teams, though, in the tournament. For me, it's Morocco. They're far off uh, Morocco in terms of uh, players they got. Uh, just briefly, uh, Rory, to wrap things up, because I know one of your selections here is Cameroon to finish bottom. You did talk about them briefly right at the top of our preview here for the group, but just explain why you think they will finish fourth. Yeah, minus one to five is what they're at to, to finish bottom of the group. And that first game is Switzerland-Cameroon. I think that will sort of define the shape of the group if Cameroon do get a result. But, um, but yeah, I quite like, even if you want to go half units, Cameroon to get points when I was looking was plus 250 and to get zero points was plus 400. So if you want to go half units on that, if you don't think they're going to win a game, then that's a reasonably good bet as well, I think. But but yeah, I just think this Cameroon side, it's it's been pulled together at the kind of last minute. Although they did beat Algeria in qualifying, it was a last-minute goal from uh, Carl Toko Akambi that sent them through on away goals. I think they, they were fortunate enough to get through that match. And, and yeah, I just think that they're far less settled than either the Swiss or the Serbian side. So that's why I've kind of backed them. And it doesn't, it just doesn't help if you're, if I, I really love Sami Eto, but it doesn't help if you're, the president of your FA is making the headlines before the World Cup rather than your players. Yeah, rather fortunate, I thought, to get through as well. You mentioned that Toko Gamma goal, uh, fourth minute of uh, added in time at the end of extra time. Uh, let's just recap the boys' selections then, as you can see on screen. Uh, Daniele likes Serbia to qualify, plus 100. Switzerland to finish bottom of the group, uh, plus 300. And Rory, Switzerland to qualify. So significant difference of opinion here, plus 100. And Cameroon to finish bottom of the group, plus 125. Uh, Rory, thanks for joining us once again. Appreciate your input. Have a good World Cup. A pleasure as always, Dan. I'll be in touch. Many thanks to Rory and to Daniele here in the studio. You, of course, Daniele, are back with further previews over the course of this session. Thank you, Dan. See you soon. Uh, many thanks to everyone who's uh, tuned in for our group preview there featuring Brazil. Serbia and Switzerland going to battle for second spot. That wraps it up for now. And a reminder once again, at Because We Win is our Twitter handle. We've sent Nigel Seeley out to Qatar, so he'll be giving us plenty of content and previews. And hopefully he'll be safe back at the end of the tournament. So make sure you stay with us here at Bet Rivers at Because We Win. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.